0: as a congregation as a body for allowing us to go on that trip it was a great trip Uh, very grateful for that coming back safely and accomplishing what uh, we uh, went there to do and and so much more so very grateful for that uh, but usually Mike starts off. It's our we kind of share a, a little bit about missions with you. If you're new today, you're probably going. what are you talking about mission trip? We just had a group of 26 of our folks go to Guatemala. We got back Monday night and we're able to build a couple of houses for some families with Casas for Cristo, and very gracious um, people and our uh, got had amazing hospitality there. Um, so we just got back from that. So Mike's not here today, but I want to just say thank y'all for that. Um, your generosity allows us to do things like that. Your prayer sustained us uh, during that trip, and I'm, I'm very grateful uh, I was able to go on that. Well, you do know that it is um, Independence Day, and one of the things that we are called to do um, through the Great Commission of Jesus Christ is to go into all nations. And before you can sometimes tangibly uh, or give people the gospel message, a lot of times they want to see some tangible work that you do in addition to that, and that's why we were able to do what we were able to do. But I want to just to remind us, I want to read something to you this morning as we think about our nation and Independence Day. On July 4th, 1776, many of you know, have probably heard this, after much prayer and thought and deliberation, a group of representatives from the 13 colonies in North America came together to declare independence Uh, from Great Britain, and this is just a part of that I wanted to read you this morning. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the cause of which impel them to the separation." or to abolish it and to institute new, institute new government laying its foundations on such principles. And organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. And I know a lot of y'all have probably read that or had to read it in school. But it's a reminder that at some point in our nation's history those people did come together together and did pray about, and did think about what they were doing, and our nation was formed because of that, and I'm grateful today for that, and because we've been blessed as a nation, we are called to be a blessing to others, and so that's why I was very grateful to do what I was able to do with 25 of our other folks um, uh, last week, so very grateful for that, and thankful for our country. So, as before the The band leads us, our worship leaders lead us. I just want to have a prayer for our worship service in our nation. Lord, as we pause and we think about 4th of July, we think about maybe cookouts and fireworks and getting together at the lake or, or at the pool, whatever. But Father, we do know that in those early days of our nation that the one thing that was obviously evident there was the recognition of you as Creator. As you a sustainer. And Father we in our nation. We are concerned. We know that in a lot of ways. We've forsaken that. So Father we come this morning to say thank you. For 245 years of freedom and independence. But Father we also come this morning. To ask for forgiveness and acknowledgement of our sin. When we have not followed you in the ways. We uh, have been just or treated people. Other nations whatever it may be. But Father we know That the foundations of this country were built on your word. And we pray that we will go back to that. And we know right now some of the things in our nation concern us. We are concerned about uh, not just opinion type things. But things that obviously go against your word, Father. And so we pray that our leaders now and in the future will be leaders that acknowledge you as our creator. Our sustainer and our savior, Father. And help us to be the type of people that uh, not expect that just out of our leaders. But that we live that out as well. So Father this morning we thank you. Thank you personally for a great trip and getting us back safely. But we thank you for this nation and the blessings you've given us. And Father help us never to forget that you you give us those blessings. So that we will be a blessing to others. Right now as we worship and honor you. We pray we will bring you honor and glory. In Jesus name. Amen.
1: Will you stand and worship with us? Bring we live for you
0: Thank y'all very much appreciate y'all leading us today and appreciate y'all being here on this independence day I know it was uh, maybe a temptation to say well we'll just stay at the lake or we'll go early to the lake and but we appreciate you being here well I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the ones who died and gave that right to me. I'll gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Because there ain't no doubt, I love this land. God bless the USA. Y'all know that song? I love that song by Lee Greenwood. I can remember as a little kid getting a lump in my throat at Stone Mountain Laser Show. And thinking, there's something about that. You know, you know there's truth in that, and he was inspired to write that, and um, a lot of y'all know what I'm talking about. Whenever you, you hear that song, you just think, wow. And I get that certain feeling, and I think about where our country is today from where we've been some 245 years ago. And I think about family members, I think about friends, I know you do too, you think about friends, family members, people you have known over the years who served this country and realize. Man, we are blessed to live in this country. Because I don't know about you, but I didn't decide to live here, did you? I mean, we just were blessed, right? I mean, we were able to be born into this country. And again, I'll say it again. I know I've said it a couple times morning, But when we receive blessings in life, God calls us to be a blessing to others. They're not just given to you for you just to absorb selfishly for yourself. They're to be uh, carried out to others. We do love this land, and we do recognize that there were men and women who died in order for the freedom and independence that we have today to become a reality. And we're thankful for those, and we do uh, acknowledge those who right now are defending us, keeping us safe and free in different places of the world. And most of us, I think, would stand up and still defend our country. We love our country, but we are concerned, aren't we? We're concerned about a lot of things that are going on. And again, I kind of mentioned this earlier. I'm not talking about opinion things. We're, you know, you think that way. No, I'm talking about when we clearly as a nation go against things that are clearly against God's word. That's wrong. It's wrong and it hurts us as a nation. It hurts us as a people. And we need to acknowledge that. So we say God bless the USA. And so today I ask you, is he? Is God blessing the USA? Well. Oh, nobody wants to answer that. It depends on who you talk to, right? depends on which news source you watch. But if we're going to ask God to bless the USA, what are we really asking God to do? What does blessing the USA really mean? Does it mean to keep us safe and free? Well, yeah, sure, I think it, it means that. But there are other things on our agenda when we say God bless the USA. There are a lot of things we want God to do for us or to give to us. And at least keep us safe and free while we're doing those things, right? That we want to do. And I think we have to constantly remind ourselves of what God has already given the USA. A lot of blessings, a lot of freedom. And I think we have to consistently show by our actions that we realize that God, the creator of the universe, created us as people. He created us. We didn't just happen accidentally. God created us into motion and that those purposes are fulfilled that he created us for they are fulfilled only through a sustained and growing relationship with him and acceptance of the life death and resurrection of Jesus Christ without that we don't really acknowledge God and we also need to acknowledge that God has a plan and direction for our lives and guess what that plan is better than my plan. (laughs) It's better than your plan. It's better from any government official's plan. God's plan is the best. And we're not the only nation in the world that remembers and is thankful and celebrates Independence Day, are we? A lot of nations celebrate that. We're not the only nation or people who believe and love liberty and freedom. Last week when we were in Guatemala, I noticed their flag several times. I didn't pay that much of attention to it, but as we were had a long um, time in the air in the uh, Guatemalan airport. I noticed in several gift shops, I was looking at the flag closely, and the flag of Guatemala has three stripes. It's got two uh, sky blue stripes and on the sides, and then one white stripe. I should have had it up here. I apologize. And then in the middle, there's this uh, coat of arms, so to speak. But the two sky blue stripes in their flag represents the two oceans that Guatemala is situated by. There's the Pacific Ocean and the Caribbean Sea. And then it also represents the sky over um, Guatemala. And then the white stripe in the middle signifies peace and purity. And in the center of the flag is this Guatemalan coat of arms. And on that coat of arm, it includes the resplendent Quetzal, Which is the national bird of Guatemala that symbolizes liberty. And then there's a parchment scroll bearing the date of Central America's independence from Spain, which is September 15th, 1821. And there's some cross rifles that indicate Guatemala's willingness to defend itself by force if need to. And a bay laurel crown, the symbol for victory and cross swords representing honor. And as I read about that and looked at that flag closely, I go, man, that's the same things we love, isn't it? We would defend our country just like them. We believe in liberty. We believe in peace and, and all those same things. In most any nation in the world, there is a story. There is a history. And most of those stories and most of those histories revolve around some kind of struggle for freedom and independence. And some countries right now are in that struggle for freedom and independence because they, they don't have it. But when a person or a nation gets their freedom or their independence, what they do with that freedom, what they do with that independence shows the true character of that person or that nation. That's true, isn't it? I mean, when I, when I graduated from high school and I, and I went out on my own, so to speak, or I graduated from college and I'm on my own now, I have independence and freedom, and now I'm like, well, I'm finally free of all those parents and teachers and, and bosses and all that. I'm, on my, I'm freedom. I have my own independence. I can do whatever I want. And that's a wonderful and terrible thing, isn't it? Because all that stuff they told me before, they know it all now I get to do what I want now. I don't have to listen to any of that. But guess what I found out? They were right about a lot of stuff. <laughs> the things that they told me were to help me be a responsible citizen, to be who God called me to be, a lot of those things. And the older I've gotten, I'm like, yeah, they were right on a lot of that stuff. And I rebelled, like a lot of us, I rebelled against some of that stuff. But again, when we get our independence, it shows our character how we respond when we get our freedom and our independence. How do we use it? Whether it's an individual person or a nation. When we get our freedom, how did the United States use it? Well, the Bible gives us a history of a nation forming. It was called Israel. And it started with a man named Abraham and a woman named Sarah. Abram and Sarah at first, and then Abraham and Sarah came a little bit later, changed their names but God made a promise that him and his wife would have this child. And this child would be one of many. As a matter of fact, their kids would be as numerous. Their offspring would be as numerous as the stars in the sky or the sand on the seashore. And though that couple, Abraham and Sarah, believed that, they also struggled. They were very curious. They are like, you do know how old we are, right? You know, we're, I'm 70, she's, you know, I'm 75, and this is, this is not going to work. People don't have babies at that age. But eventually they became weary of waiting. And when the years kept going by and this child that they were promised didn't come, they decided they would speed up God's plan or they would take God's plan in their own hands and they tried to make their own plan. And as we know, that was a mess. But God says, I, I know what you were trying to do. but It didn't, doesn't affect my plan. My plan will still move forward. And eventually, they had a son just as God had promised. And from that son, more children were born. And a nation was born. And God promised and planned a specific role for them as His people to reflect to the rest of the world who He was in character and what He was like in relationship and that was what they were supposed to be and they were be they would be called his chosen people Israel and they were to reflect again to the rest of the world who God was and there were times when they did a great job of this and they did reflect the character of God they did reflect who he was and what a close relationship with him was all about but there were also many other times when they rebelled and they cho- chose to say we're not going to we're not going to go by that old archaic system of Moses and Abraham, we're we're sophisticated. We don't need that. We're going to do our own thing. And every time they did that, went against and rebelled and rejected God's law and that covenant, they always experienced this separation and alienation from God. And in the last few weeks, we've been talking about Nehemiah, and that was one of those periods of times in Israel's history where they were separated and alienated from God. They were exiled because they broke that covenant with God. And their choices led them away from God and towards false God, gods of other nations. In all these instances, there were consequences for their breaking that covenant. And as we read, we can see how it started slow with just a few people. And people would say, Hey, and what are those what are those folks doing? Well, you know, they're worshiping. That's ah, not a big deal. But it slowly became a big deal, and more and more people joined in. And People again said, we, what God told us isn't really necessary. We know better. We can just pick and choose our own plan, our own agenda, our own laws, our own set of things. And you know, really, we don't need God because we can be God. Does that sound familiar in our culture? And y'all, I see that. People don't need God. We're okay. Yeah, all that stuff in the Bible, well, that was archaic. Was that, really, that was just written by men, right? I don't know anybody else that writes books besides humans, do y'all? That's who writes books, humans. And they're not perfect, but they are inspired. And that attitude and those actions and stubborn refusal to see the need for God and His plan always led to a downfall of the nation of Israel. And I'm afraid it's leading to a downfall in our own nation. That downfall leads us to a, 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 ultimately a recognition of the desperate need we need for God as our Savior. It always led Israel back to that. They got proud, and they got arrogant, and they went their own way. But when they went into exile, when they had to sit in their consequences for months, years, they finally go, God, we need you. We recognize we can't do this on our own. When we don't recognize God as our creator and sustainer, we will never recognize God as our Savior. Did you hear me on that? When we don't recognize God as our creator and daily sustainer, we will never recognize God as our Savior. And when we will not re- when we refuse to recognize God as our Savior, we will never acknowledge Him as our creator and sustainer. And that's what I see in our country today. Uh, we don't we didn't form like that. there's not really a God we don't need a savior. I'm a good person. I don't need someone to save me. I don't need some God to save me. I'm good enough. I can do enough good actions to be a good person. Do we hear this stuff that we hear today? So what do we as a nation show that we believe about God as our creator? And what do we say as a nation? What do we believe as a nation about God as our sustainer and savior? What about you as an individual? What do you believe about that? Well, I want us to look at an interesting text this morning from the early history of Israel. And it's going to be from the book of Judges. And I hope this will... Uh, help us see some things in our own country, in our own culture that's happening that, that we need to kind of be very aware of. I'm going to be reading from Judges. Now, we know the Bible starts with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then we had Joshua who Joshua took over for the leader. You remember, Moses was called to lead the people of Israel to freedom, to independence from Egypt. They had been some 400 years in bondage and slavery to a country called Egypt. And Moses was called to set them free, give them independence. And you remember, they struggled with that for 40 years. But finally, they got to a place where they were going to move into this This promised land that God had promised his chosen people. Where they would be free and independent of other countries. And with that covenant with God they could live in this land. And have peace and reflect to the rest of the world who God was. And so after Moses died and didn't get to go to the promised land... Joshua took over, and he helped them fight some battles to finally take over. And in Judges, we see this is actually going to happen. After all these years, they're finally going to have their independence and freedom in this land that's called their own. So I'm going to read from Judges chapter 2, verses 6 through 13. Thank you. I have it up on the board there. So after Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, and they went to take possession of the land, each to their own inheritance... The people served the Lord through the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of a hundred and ten, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath-Herez in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gosh. Listen to this verse. After that, whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. Another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what He had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord and the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook Him and served Baal and Asherahs how did that happen, y'all? How in the world did one whole generation after Joshua neither know the Lord or what he had done for Israel? I go, how did that happen? How did that happen? Yeah, maybe they didn't teach them, but a whole generation didn't know. And We may not know exactly how, but we know and saw the result Of what had happened because of that. And I believe we can see some similar patterns in our own country. Now, I don't want this to be a rant this morning about how bad our country is on Independence Day, obviously. But I think we can look around. All of us are smart enough, even without the media, to figure out there's some things that are happening. And there's some people in our country that clearly do not know the Lord, nor know what the Lord has done for the United States of America. They don't know it. I don't know why they don't know it because I know my grandfathers both fought in World War II and they're dead now, but I haven't forgotten that. Somehow that was instilled in me and I'm thankful for it, that what they went through at a very young age, I am a recipient of that today because of what they went through and many, many, many others. I hope to maybe give us a wake-up call for us to stop being afraid to acknowledge God as creator in our own country, as our sustainer and our savior, to stop being selfish and being okay as long as we have what we want. You know what I mean by that? A lot of times we're okay with things like, yeah, that's really terrible what's happening to them, but as long as it's not affecting me and my deal, then I'm okay with that. And that's why we kind of operate sometimes. That's terrible, but it's not happening to me. But apparently Joshua and his generation, either they did not instill those values into their kids about who the Lord was and what he had done for them. Or they did and they just completely rebelled and forgot about it. I don't know what the case is because I I have a hard time believing. Because I'll be honest, Joshua was one of my heroes. I mean, as I've grown up, i thought about Joshua. Man, he was an amazing guy. He was faithful to the Lord. He went through all those things. He he took them into the promised land. I find it hard to believe that he didn't instill in his kids those things that happened during all that time, but maybe he didn't. I don't know. But ultimately, they were led astray, weren't they? And other nations, other gods, all of a sudden they started following them. And you say, well, how do you connect that? We're not following gods of other nations, but what we have done in our culture is, is that because of the the connection we have to the whole world through the internet and all the different things we can do that with, we know exactly what's happening all over the world instantly, don't we? Last week, when we were on our work site on Sunday morning, Mike walked up to me with his phone and go, hey, they're finishing up in the 11 o'clock service, look at this. And I'm like, what? And it was great. And we got to see y'all. So we can instantly know all these things that are happening all over the world, but somehow that's made us full of all kind of ideas. And that can be a great thing, but it can be a dangerous thing, can't it? It's back to that independence and freedom. When you have it, it can be a terrible and wonderful thing depending on how you use it. But in our 245-year history, we have seen a shift in acknowledging God, haven't we? We've seen a shift in saying that we are created by a creator, God, and he sustains us, and he has a plan for us. Our founding fathers, and they weren't perfect, I get that, but I think there were some pretty good people in that group because they did acknowledge God, and they did say that, you know, we came from God, and God has a plan and a purpose for us. But I want to share with you a couple of things from our history. and I'm going to quote this right here. Quote, Our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. For democracy to work, the majority of the people have to be religious and moral at their core or it falls apart. You know who said that? Our second president, John Adams. Abraham Lincoln was, what, 16th president, right? He said this, in regard to this great book as he held up the Bible, I have but to say it is the best gift God has given to man. All the good the Savior gave to the world was communicated to us through this book. But for it, we would not know right from wrong. He said that in 1861. The President of the United States said that unashamedly. Listen to this prayer by Abraham Lincoln a couple of years later. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten you, O God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in the peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all of these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pray to God to the God who made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power to confess our national sins and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. Our president prayed this prayer, y'all. Can you imagine Joe Biden praying that today? And I'm not just picking on him. I'm just saying, can you imagine any president of the United States praying something like that? And y'all realize this was right as the Civil War is starting and... Lincoln saw, what has happened to this nation? We've forgotten God. We've become too self-reliant. We don't need Him. In 1909, President Theodore Roosevelt said this, After a week of perplexing problems, it does so rest my soul to come into the house of the Lord and to sing and to mean it, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. My great joy and great glory in occupying this exalted position as president of the nation is that I am enabled to preach the practical moralities of the Bible to my fellow countrymen and to hold up Christ as the hope and savior of the world. The president said that unashamedly. What has happened? How did we come to a point where we neither know the Lord nor what he has done for the United States? I can't imagine a president saying that today, but country can never come before God. As great as this country are and as thankful as it can never come. When we believe that our country and our ways are greater or more important or wiser than God's, we are always, always, always headed on a destructive path. History has shown that. Many empires have risen and fallen. Evil empires, when they started, people thought, oh, that's okay. It's not that big of a deal. And they have risen and grown. And through history, we've read it. We've been in history class. And these evil regimes and dictators believe they're greater than God himself. But they have all what? Fallen, haven't they? Ultimately, God has had his way. So what do we do? What do we do when we are a part of a a nation and some of us see this happening and it scares us. What do we do when we have a nation where it seems like God's not necessary and people believe they don't really need God anymore? It's sobering, isn't it? But we need to acknowledge first God and stop apologizing and worrying about offending people when we acknowledge God. When we acknowledge the truth, when we speak the truth in love, now please understand I said that, speak the truth in love when we do it in love, guess what? That's naturally going to offend people because the truth is by nature exclusive, isn't it? And when truth is exclusive, those who are deceived by lies are going to be offended. So we got to be able to speak the truth. It's necessary to tell. Your generation, no matter what generation you're a part of as you sit here this morning, your generation needs you to be who God called you to be and created you to be. Every one of you no matter what generation you're a part of. You have to know God to do that, though, don't you? You have to be able to read His Word on a regular basis and not completely understand it without you know, any problems, but be able to read it consistently and understand that this God that inspired these words by humans wanted us to hear this and know this for our lives. He really wants what's best for us. You have to commit to doing that. Dave Stone, who was the senior minister at Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky for several years, a few years ago, wrote this about our nation. And he said this, he says, If America could speak somehow, what self-indicting words would she say to all of us? I think she would say, In our fear of offending newcomers to our country, we have downplayed the sacrifices of those who serve and have served in our country and who have protected our freedom of worship. In our attempt to be inclusive, we have stopped saying that Jesus is the only way to heaven. In our desire to fulfill our lust, we fractured our families. In our efforts to cover our mistakes, we have allowed 51 million abortions to take place. In our quest for more and more possessions, we've racked up huge debts which rob us of our joy. In our attempt to be tolerant, we have discounted the sanctity of marriage. In our search for the fountain of youth, we have stopped listening to the wisdom of the elderly. In our desire for more wealth, we have communicated in gold we trust. In our efforts for political correctness, we have neutered the power of our Christian witness. In our desire to fit in, we have forsaken our first love. Wow, he's right though, isn't he? He's right. He's right. We need to return to God, who is our first love, and we need to understand that God loved us first. The Bible teaches of that in John. We, are, we love God because He first loved us, and even after He first loved us, and we rebelled and we rejected Him, He has always had a plan to bring us back, hasn't He? To restore us. Our first love should be God, our Creator, and recognize Him as we need Him daily We can't do life without him. I can't be a dad without him. I can't be a husband without him. I can't be a pastor. I can't be a human being without God. Because my DNA is from him. And the truth needs to be proclaimed and taught. Not only to the next generation, but to all generations. Now, not to be negative on Independence Day about our nation. But I am concerned. And I know y'all are too. But last week, I was very encouraged. And this is why... I'm thankful to say that we had a group of 26 of our folks go to Guatemala, and I want to say, I'm going to include in that group eight others, um, Pete and Abby, who are our missionaries we support, and, and, and Luke Stavely, who we support as well down there, and uh, they were all helping us with the house building, even some some uh, Guatemalans uh, helped us as well, but one night when we were at where we were staying, and we, we had a devotion every night, and I was uh, sharing the devotion, and uh I said, you know, one of the reasons we do what we do here is because God has blessed us as a nation and as a people, but he's called us as Christians. Our God as creator and sustainer and savior has called us to something greater than ourselves. That's why we're here doing these house builds in Guatemala. So I said, hey, let me just ask a question here. I said, everybody that's in this group that's under 10, would you stand up? So we had some kids stand up that were under 10. I said, everybody that's 10 to 20 years old stand up. And we had people between 10 and 20 stand up. Yeah, you can stand up now. That's kind of, All right, we had some teenagers. And then I went all the way down. How about 20 to 30? And we had some people stand up. 30 to 40, 40 to 50, all the way up to past 70, y'all. And that group of 36, 34 people, 34 plus, we had all those ages. And I went, man, what a beautiful picture. And there we go. There, There we are. Okay, look at that. And that picture... I'm like, all of those different generations represent, we were representing first and foremost Jesus Christ in that build. We were representing you as Southwest Christian Church, but we were also representing the United States. And you know what? Regardless of what the media says, those people didn't hate us. They don't hate our nation. They were thankful to us. And and we had to use an interpreter to hear them say, we are so grateful that you came from so far away to help us. We are blessed that you came. But man, you can talk to anybody here. Anybody that was on a trip, raise your hand right now. I want you to see who these people are. Raise your hand. Don't be, don't be shy. Talk to these people. And, and how much did we learn from their graciousness? How much did we learn about how God works all over the world? But I, I think about that. And I thought, it's a great picture of the church, obviously. But it's also about the body of Christ being and doing what God's called us to do. And you were a part of that. Even if you didn't go on that trip, if you prayed for us, your generosity and giving to the church, you were a part of that. And you're a part of changing generations. Do you realize that? We were laying foundations for kids to say, it's not just about you (laughs) making TikToks and getting a car at 16 and becoming an athlete or a rock star. There's more to life than that, because most of us aren't going to become any of that. And God's called you to a greater purpose. And I'm grateful for that. And that's one of the ways that this church is making sure that the next generation knows who the Lord is and knows what he's done for the United States. They need to know that. Young people, you need to know that. And you need to call people out who talk bad about your country. Because I know that the the United States has done some things in our history that were wrong and unjust. Honestly, we have. And I'm ashamed of that, and, I, and, I, and we need to ask for forgiveness of for that. But this country has done more in the world to help people than any other nation ever. And I'm proud of that, and I'm unashamedly proud of that. But it's only when we do those things that we're really being and relying on God. That's when we're being the nation we're supposed to be. And we need to realize that. Our Lord offers us grace and forgiveness while we are still sinners, doesn't he? Even when we rebel, even if you're saying, I don't know what he's talking about this morning. Guess what, God, he knows your rebellion. He knows when you say, hey, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't follow that stuff. You know, a guy just written by a bunch of men and, you know, they were just trying to control things. I've heard all that, that stuff. And you can believe that. That's the great thing about freedom and independence. You can believe whatever you want to believe. But one day, God says, We will acknowledge Him. Every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's going to happen one day. Why not do it now? Why not, why not do it now and recognize He wants to be a part of your life? He wants relationship with you. Not wait till the final day and go, Oh, I guess He was right. And the good news of the Bible from beginning to end is there's hope and that we can return to God at any time. And He patiently waits on that porch to come running after us and throw His arms around and throw a party for us. That's the kind of God that we have. And we can be received with open arms and restored in our relationship. And He's waiting for us to do that. So this morning, maybe there's somebody here today that needs to come forward and say, I need to acknowledge God as my Creator as my sustainer, as my savior. And I want to bury that old way of life where I think I can do it all myself. And I want to take that independence and freedom and I want to bury all that and I want to be resurrected to a new life where I have true freedom in Christ to live a new life in him now. Where I can really understand what true life and what true eternal life means. If you need to do that today, we want to give that opportunity to you. Maybe you're looking for a church home and we are not a perfect church, y'all. Just because we went and built some houses in Guatemala on a mission trip does not mean we're a perfect church. Lots of churches do that. But we are a church that's committed to recognizing we are imperfect. And without our Creator and our Sustainer and our Savior God, we, we, we can't do anything without Him. And we acknowledge that as a church. And we're going to continue to acknowledge that as we teach His Word. And try to teach every generation that they need to know who the Lord is and what He's done for them. We're going to continue. So if you're looking for a church on We End... Invite you to make that decision today. So, I'm going to call our folks up who are going to lead us, and we're going to go into a time of of communion. And I appreciate them so much, um, but we're going to reflect on why Jesus came because we needed a Savior. And He says, I never want you to forget why I came. You need a Savior. I was your creator, I was your sustainer, and you rejected that, but now I'm going to be your Savior. I'm going to be your savior. And so God became flesh, dwelt among us, and he died on that cross so that we could have eternal life. We could have forgiveness. We could have restoration. We could be reconnected to him. And so this morning, we want to remember that as we prepare our hearts for communion. And hopefully as you came in this morning, you got a packet of our communion. If you didn't, while we sing a song, you can sneak out there and grab one. And we invite all of you, we're here today if you're a christian if you're a believer to participate with us you don't have to be a member of our church or have ever been to our church we invite you to be a part of that but they're going to lead us in a song this morning and if uh you need to have a decision you want to make i'll be sitting right here i'll try to walk you through that if not just right where you are reflect on who the lord is and what he's done for us this morning
1: the grace in his eyes
0: so much he does love us so much and so we celebrate that today we're going to go into a time of communion i'm going to read a passage from paul's letter to titus and he says this but when the and this is just like that song but when the kindness of and love of our god our savior appeared he saved us not because of righteous things we had done but because of his mercy he saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Pray with me before we take communion. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity we have this morning to reflect not only on our nation's independence, but, Father, more importantly, on our salvation. True freedom and true independence. And Father, that comes with a a price that was not free. It cost the, the life and blood of our Savior. But Father, the good news of the gospel is this, is that Jesus did not stay dead. He not only forgave our sins through the blood on that cross, but He resurrected to defeat death once and for all so that nothing can separate us from You. Thank You for that forgiveness. Thank You for that grace. And Father, help us to hold that closely, to share that generously as we reflect right now, as we remember what you did to give us that grace and that freedom and that eternal life. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Kennard, and thank you to our worship team, Deidre and Joel, and it was great to have Carly with us today. Thank you so much, Carly. We appreciate you. Let's give a hand to these folks. Thank you for leading us. Yeah, grateful for them very much. I just want to thank you all one more time. I, I could not be prouder as a pastor, as a minister than I was last week to be with the folks I was with and to Uh, work those days and uh, being able to accomplish those two houses. And again, thank you as a church who I'm so thankful. I don't take that lightly that I got to go on that trip and I got to go with my daughters, which is a thrill, and some of our high school kids and, and even some elementary school kids and other adults in our church. It was just a great thing. I was so proud of some of our newest members of our church who took a risk to go on this trip, and man, I just was so grateful all week to see how God blessed all of us uh, through these trips. So I want to encourage y'all, <laughs> like I say, when people go on these trips, they don't go, yeah, I don't think I'll do that again. Nobody ever says that. People go, when are we going again? That was awesome, and they want to go. So I hope that encourages some of y'all. I'm so thankful for our staff. Um, Gavin and Elise did a, did a, f- a fantastic job the, the whole week, and, and just so grateful to them. Um, I don't have a lot of announcements today, just y'all have a good time, the rest of today, and maybe some of you tomorrow. Um, grateful for y'all being here today. Um, I know Gavin is taking some folks um, rafting on Friday, is that right? So just raise your hand up, Gavin, just in case. I don't know if there's any spots left. I may have really put you in a bad spot. I should have known that, um, but I know he's going to do it. And if you miss out, then you'll know you better sign up the next time, right? <laughs> That's how that works, but very grateful to the to the work he's doing, but thankful for y'all coming today. So uh um, I'm going to have a prayer and then these ladies are going to lead us in a patriotic melody. I'm going to ask you all all to stand. And you all are okay with them singing because I think you'll recognize a lot of these songs. So let's stand together as we close and with this patriotic melody. Father God, we are grateful for 245 years of a nation. And Father, we know that we have blemishes and we have sins. And Father, we ask for forgiveness for those and we ask you to go, for, to go forward as a nation. And we pray for our current leaders that they will, Father, they will acknowledge you as creator and sustainer and savior. And Father, we will really think about electing leaders that will be people who acknowledge you as as our God and our savior, Father. Help us to do that. We pray for healing in our nation. We need that. And Father, we know we can't do it without you. But thank you for the liberties and independence and freedoms that you've given us. We're grateful for that. Help us to show that through our lives. So I pray for all of us as we leave today. And and we just uh, reflect on uh, this nation and the blessings that you've given us. And help us to remember that they all come from you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming? Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for